0: You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? It's your boy, as always, Sosa Cremendias, a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Welcome to a fresh week, a new week to your Monday edition of this locked on rams pod we got a fresh episode for you guys a fresh week it's going to be an interesting one and the nfl season is officially over with the tampa bay buccaneers beating the kansas city chiefs last night in the super bowl i believe the score was 31 to 9 i don't even recall seeing the end to be quite honest and wouldn't you know tom brady another super bowl ring That brings him up to seven in his career. He now has more rings than every single franchise in the NFL. I mean, at this point, why are we even watching football? Let's just be honest. Every time we go into a season, there's got to be like a 75% chance that Tom Brady's coming out of it with a ring. I mean, this is just getting ridiculous. The dude is something else. Uh, Rams fans obviously know pretty well, you know, going back to 2018 when he and the Patriots beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. And, you know, I'm not trying to open up old wounds, so we'll leave that As it is but once again just an insane run for Tom Brady I mean this is just crazy at this point Uh, shout out to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because they absolutely dominated the Chiefs this was a pretty boring Super Bowl to be quite honest with you Uh, you know you expected the Chiefs to come in and score a lot of points as well as the Buccaneers but ultimately it was pretty much one-sided and I do think that you know the refs made it a lot less entertaining than it could or should have been but hey that's the way the game goes sometimes and you know, that's just the way it was called. And so, unfortunately for the Chiefs, they simply couldn't do much. And the Bucks came out on top, which officially brings us all into the offseason now. But Rams fans, we've been in the offseason for about a week or two now. We've been talking about certain topics. And now, we've got to keep delving into it. Some interesting stuff was dropped on the weekend. The NFL handed out their awards for every player award and coach award throughout the season on Saturday night prior to the Super Bowl like they always do. And One of our guys, defensive tackle Aaron Donald, brought home some hardware. It should hardly be a surprise at this point. This guy is the best player in football. I don't care what anyone says. That is no bias involved. He is the best player in football. He's not the most important player. Quarterbacks are always going to be far more important than defensive tackles are. But Aaron Donald won his third Defensive Player of the Year award. That brings him up to three, like I just said. And that makes him the third player in NFL history with three DPOY awards. Only JJ Watt and Lawrence Taylor, ironically enough, two pass rushers as well, are the other two players to ever win this award three times. And what's crazy about it is that Aaron Donald's only 30 years old. He's got an opportunity. You know, depending on how long he wants to play this game, if that's another three years, another five years, another seven years, who knows how long he's going to be able to last or how long he wants to play. But uh, with that being said, you know, this is a guy who could win his fourth defensive player of the year award at some point, maybe even next season. He's still as dominant as he's ever been. I don't think he's slowed down in any aspect of his game. You look at his ability to rush the passer. I mean, it's second to none. According to Pro Football Focus, he had 98 total pressures this season. The next closest player was, surprise, surprise, a guy who just won a Super Bowl ring in Shaq Barrett, the edge rusher of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had 76, and after him was Steelers edge, TJ Watt with 73, and that was the discussion of the weekend between Steelers fans and Rams fans and JJ Watt, as well as Jalen Ramsey, everyone defending their own guys, Steelers fans claiming that. TJ Watt should have taken home the award and obviously Rams fans claiming that Aaron Donald was the rightful award winner. And I tend to lean with the latter. I think Aaron Donald is the best player in the league, Never mind defensive player. You know, you look at the numbers in terms of the total pressures, according to pro football focus, Aaron Donald had 25 more than TJ Watt did last season. He had a better win percentage as a pass rusher. He had a better pressure percentage as a pass rusher and a better pass rushing productivity. And not only that, But he played on the best defense in the NFL, the number one ranked defense, and he was the number one slash most important piece of that defense. Everything revolved around number 99. And I think when you look at his accolades, his individual performance last season, and then the team performance of the Rams defense as well, I think you got to give it to him. And, you know, it makes sense to me. I think he's just the best player in the league, whether the statistics match up, whether or not, you know, he had the most sacks, which he didn't. T.J. Watt actually had 15 sacks this season, whereas Aaron Donald only had 13 and a half. But again, Aaron Donald had significantly more pressures, one on more of his pass rushing attempts, and is the better player on tape. He's a guy who's getting double, triple, quadruple teamed way more. I mean, way more than any other player than the player that's next in terms of the second closest player. And that is the kind of stuff you have to take into account here, right? This is the kind of stuff that you have to take into account, that not a lot of people want to talk about. You look at the Steelers' defensive line, they had multiple players in the top 15 in terms of pressures. I mean, TJ Watt was on that list, Stephon Tuitt was on that list, Cameron Hayward. All three of these guys were in the top seven of total pressures according to Pro Football Focus. As you can imagine, that's going to make a guy like Watt's drop a lot easier. He's got stars all around him, and that doesn't even include Fellow edge rusher, Bud Dupree, who I believe tore his ACL at some point last season. If it wasn't a torn ACL, my mistake, but he did miss the remainder of the season, and it was a major, major chunk of the season because of a season-ending injury. And that is another dominant pass rusher. So, you know, as you can look at it, TJ Watt's got a lot of stuff around him that makes his job easier, gets double teamed less, gets triple team less, and still is putting up less of a win percentage than Aaron Donald. I mean, there's no question here. I think Aaron Donald was the rightful winner of the DPOY award. And then when you look at his career year by year, according to Field Yates, this was a tweet he posted. <laughs> it's just honestly crazy when you think about it. 2014 Pro Bowl, Defensive Rookie of the Year. 2015 Pro Bowl, First Team All Pro. 2016 Pro Bowl, first-team All-Pro, 2017 Pro Bowl, first-team All-Pro, D-P-O-Y, 2018 Pro Bowl, first-team All-Pro, D-P-O-Y, 2019 Pro Bowl, first-team All-Pro, 2020 Pro Bowl, first-team All-Pro, D-P-O-Y. There's one thing left that this man needs to get. I think we all know what that is, the elusive Super Bowl ring slash championship Lombardi trophy. The Rams nearly did it in 2018. This is a guy who has cemented his legacy already as one of the greatest defensive players to ever play this game. Maybe top five, maybe the best defensive lineman ever. And, you know, I know it's early to say that he's only 30. still probably got a lot of years left in him, maybe five. And, you know, we should probably reserve our judgment for that. But this is a guy who's going to be a shoot in first ballot Hall of Famer. One of the greatest ever. There's only one thing left that needs to be acquired to top it all off. And that is the elusive Super Bowl ring, which I hope the Rams can give him at some point throughout the next couple of years to end out his career. In the next segment, I want to dive into a new segment that we're going to run every Monday for the foreseeable future. And we're going to call it the mock draft Monday. I'm going to share a mock draft simulation that I created from the PFF mock draft simulator and break down each pick that I had in that draft. And then to top it all off, we're going to bid our farewell to Jared Goff. And show our appreciation for his tenure with the franchise. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MEP and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. That's BetOnline.ag. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the second segment of this Monday edition of the Locked On Rams pod. I always appreciate you guys for sticking around with me. And I did mention before the break that we're going to introduce a new segment in this segment here. It's called Mock Draft Monday. And while I'm going to start it out with the mock drafts that I actually conjure up using the PFF Mock Draft Simulator... Maybe down the line, maybe in a few weeks when things start to get stale and I start to run out of new names to pick and obviously I don't want to keep picking the same guys and same guys at the same positions and things, I can ask you guys to start sending me in some mock drafts and, you know, we can kind of go through them together and I can start to grade the things that you guys are sending me just to keep things fresh and, you know, give you guys an opportunity to kind of be more interactive with the pod. And not only that, but give me some new names to actually watch and analyze and things of that nature. So, Right now, we're gonna go through the mock draft that I came up with, and I used, like I said, PFF's mock draft simulator. Now, I didn't trade down. I didn't actually trade any picks. I didn't move up or trade down. I simply used what the Rams have in terms of their draft picks, which is six total picks, no first-round pick, obviously, two third-round picks, and no fourth-round picks. So we're gonna begin with pick 57, and I decided to take center Landon Dickerson from Alabama, you know, I think the Rams are going to have a big hole at that spot with Austin Blythe hitting free agency. I think the Rams would be wise to start to go younger in that direction in terms of getting a young guy who they can plug in and kind of just leave in there for five, seven, eight, ten years and not really worry about the position. Now, Dickerson is a guy who's coming off a torn ACL, which is obviously an issue. I don't know if he's going to be ready necessarily for the first start of the first game in his rookie season due to that ACL injury, but it sounds like he could be, and he is by far one of the most dominant offensive linemen in this class. He's large. He's powerful. He can move well. Uh, this is a guy who can combo block. He can work his way to the second level, locate linebackers, and seal them off. Um, this is a guy who I think would be a huge get for the Rams. Now, he probably wouldn't be available at 57 if it wasn't for the torn ACL, and he still might not be. But you know, if he is, I think that would be a shoe in a turn-in-the-card-and-run-it-up, so-to-speak, kind of pick. Uh, this is a guy who you could plug in, forget about the position for a long time. He's a very cerebral player. You could see him at the senior bowl running around with the coaches and coaching guys up. Uh, he was there. Obviously, he couldn't play with the torn ACL and couldn't practice. But, you know, this is a guy who we have a lot of tape on. He's played a lot of different positions, and I'm very impressed by him. So I decided to go with Dickerson at that spot, and I think he would be a home run pick. Now, the next two picks, both third-round picks. I went with Quincy Roche at the next pick, which is 101, the edge rusher out of Miami, and 2-2 Atwell, the wide receiver out of Louisville at 103. And the reason why I went with these two picks is, again, sort of just filling needs, right? You look at Leonard Floyd, who is now probably going to take off in free agency. I don't know if the Rams have the ability to pay him how much money he probably deserves and is probably going to get on the open market. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's coming off a career high, 10 and a half sacks. He's one of the best run defending edges and so forth. And you know, you might be looking for that payday similar to like a Dante Fowler got last season going out of, you know, the Rams system and into an free agency and then signing a deal with the Atlanta Falcons where you got $15 million per year. So I wouldn't be surprised if a similar thing happens to Leonard Floyd in this free agency period. But, you know, there are a lot of free agent edges coming up in this class. There are some really, really talented and good names, which could ultimately drive Leonard Floyd's price down because he now has to compete with like seven to nine very very quality edges guys that I would probably prefer over Floyd and so you know that could ultimately force him to maybe take a one-year cheap flyer kind of deal or you know ultimately just find his way back to the team I don't know for sure but again that's why I went with Roche I think he's a talented guy you know he was at the senior bowl he looked very good as a pass rusher. And I think that he's a guy that, you know, you don't have to rely on to start right out of the gate. You do have a couple of guys in Obanai Okoronkwo and potentially Terrell Lewis taking another step forward in his development uh, and guys like that where, you know, you could bring Roche along a little bit slowly at that spot and you don't have to rely on him right out of the gate. I do think he could be an immediate threat as a pass rusher, not necessarily a 10 sack guy, but I do think he would bring some pass rushing juice to that room. And at the end of the day, the edge position is a very important one. And the more dart throws you throw at the position, the better chance you're gonna have of coming away with a guy who's a talented player, not only just a talented player, but a potential starter, a potential star. And using a third round pick on that position, similar to how they did with Terrell Lewis last season, is something that I can always justify. And I think that's one of the positions that they would be wise to continue to target. Now, looking at the Atwell pick, I know a lot of people are gonna be confused as to why I'm taking a wide receiver so early in the third round with so many needs on the team. And I totally get it. You know, it is early for a receiver, for a guy who's probably going to be the wide receiver four, but Atwell is just a different kind of guy. I mean, this is a smaller receiver. He's like 170 pounds at best, you know, soaking wet. Uh, And that's an issue, right? He's not going to line up outside and play 60 snaps outside of the numbers. That's not who he is. But if you're thinking of Tavon Austin, if you're thinking of Tyreek Hill, if you're thinking of Miko Hardman, guys that have game-breaking speed, guys that are can turn, you know, seven yard passing plays into 57 yard touchdowns, guys that have explosion for days. This is Atwell, right? He's coming off a relatively weak season, but in 2019, he absolutely blew up in Louisville. I believe he had over 1400 yards receiving. And not only that, but this is a guy who could double down and essentially kill two birds with one stone for the Rams. You talk about a guy that could ultimately return kicks. I think he could return punts. He could play that wide receiver four-roll, work vertical, be your vertical threat where you don't really have one, and be that gadget-style of player that could bring another dynamic to the offense where the Rams haven't really had that explosion on offense since guys like Brandon Cooks left, and obviously, like I mentioned, Tavon Austin. The Rams have a lot of good players, very good route runners, guys with good hands. You know, they bring a lot to the table, tough guys, physical, will block, but Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Van Jefferson are not turning you know, a 15-yard pass play into a 57-yard touchdown. And that's not in their arsenal. That's not in their wheelhouse. And that's not really a requirement of them either. But it is something that, you know, where the Rams could look to upgrade their offense. Head coach Sean McVay specifically talked about creating more explosive plays in the passing game in his presser a few weeks back. And then they go out and get quarterback Matt Stafford to add to the room. And Stafford is a guy that wants to push that thing vertical. He wants big plays. He's always going to look for the big play first before settling down for a check down option. And I think he could really make some magic with that. Well, and that's why I think the Rams could very well surprise people when it comes to that receiver position. I wouldn't be shocked if they find one, you know, in the third round, or if they do some maneuvering, which they always do at some point, they're going to trade. I just thought it would be simplistic to not really include that right now. That's something we can obviously do a little bit down the line. They will probably trade, you know, they'll probably acquire more third, more fourth round picks, something like that. And with one of those picks, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see them go draft a receiver. I think this class is very deep and they could very well come away with a potential starter in the third or in the fourth rounds. Looking at the last three picks, because I'm running out of time here, we're going to stick them all together here. In the fifth round, I went with Ade Ogundeji, the edge slash D tackle out of Notre Dame. And in the sixth round, I went with tight end Trey McKitty out of Georgia and the seventh round, Richard LeCount, the safety out of Georgia. Two out of the three of these guys went to the senior bowl in Ogundeji and McKitty And I'm very familiar with their performances there. Ogun Deji is a guy who's a bit of a tweener between the defensive tackle and edge spots. I think he's probably better at that D tackle spot. You know, he's a little bit explosive. He's got very, very long arms, 35-inch arms. Uh, He's powerful. He can reset the line of scrimmage. And I think he would add a lot to that room in terms of the pass rushing potential. Mckitty is a guy who was literally uncoverable at the Senior Bowl. I mean... He was making so many one-handed catches for a tight end. You look at the Rams probably losing Gerald Everett in this free agency period, and they don't necessarily need a tight end. They did draft Bryson Hopkins in the fourth round last year, but you know, you got to restock that position. I think McKitty is a guy who's great value at this spot, and LeCount is more of a special team kind of a guy. The safety out of Georgia, the last pick of the draft. I think the Rams could look to restock that position with John Johnson potentially on the way out in this free agency period. Talking about guys on their way out, I want to touch on quarterback Jared Goff and show him some love in this final segment and kind of break down his tenure with the Rams, which I believe was a very successful tenure for both the Rams and Jared Goff. And make sure to check back on Tuesday when we continue our off-season coverage of the Los Angeles Rams. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last 27 months. With that being the case, I've been on the lookout for the perfect protein bar and I finally found the Built Bar. You guys should honestly check them out. They're super delicious. The texture of the bars are great. They taste very good. They've got 18 different flavors. You can really never get bored of these. I'm telling you, there are so many different flavors and they taste great. And they're low in calories, low in sugar. They have 19 grams of protein per bar. They're high in fiber and they even work for those on the keto diet. You even get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at builtbar.com. This Super Bowl was one of the more boring Super Bowls, to be quite honest with you, with a final score of 31-9 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Kansas City Chiefs. The Locked On Podcast Network has your Super Bowl recap covered from every angle. After this podcast, listen to Locked On Today for the biggest storylines, Peacock and Williamson for the X's and O's, and check out Lockdown Chiefs and Bucks for their in-depth local expertise. Welcome back to the final segment of this Monday edition of the Locked On Pod. I mentioned to you guys before the break that I wanted to show some love to the departing quarterback, the former franchise quarterback, Jared Goff of the Los Angeles Rams, who is now the Detroit Lions starting quarterback, presumably. He's joining... Former front office members, Brad Holmes, Ray Agnew, and former Rams cornerbacks coach, Aubrey Pleasant in Detroit. They're starting to build their own little Rams program over there, which is a little funny, but shout out to them because they're clearly smart. They went after a organization with a history of success, specifically in the last four or five seasons, a team that obviously knows what they're doing, and they started to poach a lot of talent from the Rams. So good on them. That's wise. I think those guys are really going to help turn that program around. Now, one big piece of that, obviously, is Jared Goff, I don't think anyone really expected anything to unravel this quickly. You know, I mentioned it multiple times. I thought the Rams were going to move on from Goff. they made a lot of sense too, but I just want to show him some love because this is a guy who the Rams drafted in the first round, in the first overall slot selection in 2016 after trading up with the Tennessee Titans. The Rams gave up a lot to go get him. They bring him in, and in 2016, they were brutal. I mean, Jeff Fisher, that's the year he gets fired. Case Keenum... That's the year he gets benched for Jared Goff. Jared Goff had no business playing in that season. He was clearly not ready. The Rams started the season 3-1. They ended the season, I believe, 4-12, and and they looked terrible. And Jared Goff looked like one of the worst rookie quarterbacks we've ever seen in the NFL. That is bad, right? He was coming off a terrible season. And he had a lot of question marks, and he went into his press conference, and he said, I'm going to give everything I got to turn this around. I promise you, I'm going to do that. And that's exactly what he did. The Rams brought in head coach Sean McVay in 2017. Less need remains. And ever since then, Jared Goff has had the second most wins of any quarterback in the NFL, trailing only the great, yep, number seven, Tom Brady, the guy who won the Super Bowl last night. That is a great feat. Now you look at, you know, Jared Goff's space and where he's etched in Rams history, and he's a guy who's definitely going to be etched in Rams history. He went to an NFC championship game in foreign territory in one of the loudest stadiums and came out of that game with a win. And that was solely on him And that two minute warning in New Orleans in the fourth quarter, He put together an insanely crazy drive to drive down the field, get Greg Zerline on the field, get him in field goal range, kicks it, scores it, and that's that, right? The Rams go to the Super Bowl. Now, unfortunately, they couldn't win, but he's the guy who brought them there. The Rams win a lot of games under Jared Goff. You look at his passing yards, 18,171 passing yards. That's fourth in the history of the Rams franchise. He has 42 career wins. That ranks third, well, tied for third, I should say with Van Brocklin for the most wins from any quarterback in Rams history. You look at the passing touchdowns, 107 from Jared Goff. That's the fifth most in franchise history. And when you look at the interceptions, unfortunately for Goff, he was 11th, but that's lower than guys like Kurt Warner, Mark Bolger, Vince Ferragamo, Roman Gabriel, Jim Everett, Van Brocklin, all these guys who had more interceptions. So shout out to Jared Goff for his time with the Rams. He won a lot of games. His time was successful with the team. It's unfortunate, obviously, that it comes to an end like this. You know, you want to see that storybook ending, a guy who can last a decade, collect rings and walk out, you know, on the sunset, as they say. But it wasn't that way. And it doesn't always have to be that way. But Jared Goff's tenure should not be looked at as a failure with the Rams. They won a ton of games. He notched a ton of production with the team. They went to the playoffs in three out of the four seasons where he started the majority of the games in these seasons. They won a bunch of playoff games. They won an NFC Championship game. They went to a Super Bowl. They arguably could have got back to another at some point. I think if you know he sticks around for a while, they could eventually have built a team to get back. I think, but you know things got stale. Sean McVay didn't really want to waste any time, and I can absolutely respect that. And I agree. I think it was the right decision. The time is ticking on everyone's jobs in the NFL. The moment you get promoted, the moment you get a starting job, the moment you become a head coach, your time is ticking. And that's the way you got to look at it. And when you look at guys like Aaron Donald, who's 30 years old now, you look at guys like Andrew Whitworth, who every season is now considering retirement. All these guys are getting up there in age. They want their opportunity to go back to a Super Bowl, to win a Super Bowl. And I think Matthew Stafford increases their chances greatly. And I do think that it was the right decision. And ultimately, I agree with the Rams for making it. But at the same time, you know, we don't got to put Jared Goff down. I think we should show him his love. And as they say, you know, give somebody their flowers while they can smell them. I think that applies here. And Jared Goff, thank you for your time with the Rams. You had a lot of success. We had a lot of fun watching you. And the Rams were a great team under you for the majority of your career with the team. Best of luck in Detroit. I hope you do well. And you know, I'm going to be watching you from this side of it all. That is all we got for you guys today. Make sure to keep checking back with the Locked on Rams podcast for your offseason Rams coverage. And while we've got you, make sure to come connect with us on Twitter. You can find me at QB's MVP and you can find the page at Locked on Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news and a whole lot more.